Welcome to Ride, the Urban Mobility Podcast. Welcome to Ride, the Urban Mobility Podcast, hosted by me, Martin Carl of Thebetic, and me, Johnny Combe of Payback Ride, the Urban Mobility Podcast, takes a look at the impact of new business models and new technologies on urban mobility from a global business perspective and explores how each new solution fits into the wider mobility ecosystem. The format of Ride is simple. We invite top industry experts to join us for an open and candid conversation. Ride is about the guests, what they have to say and what they bring to the discussion. You can find more details about shows and guests on our website, www.ridemobilitypodcast.com. Mobility super apps are something that we've talked about before on the podcast. These are apps which combine all forms of travel in a city to enable you to plan, reserve and pay for your journey, regardless of the mode of transport and operator. We've seen the likes of Uber and Lyft add food delivery to their apps, and Uber is understood to be preparing the addition of long-distance travel bookings such as intercity trains, buses and planes. It already offers e-scooters, e-bikes and boats, and it has its sights set on becoming a one-stop shop for travel, a mobility super app. But it's not alone, and one of the largest such apps in Europe is FreeNow. FreeNow grew out of the Daimler-BMW joint venture of 2019 that pulled the two companies' mobility services, but FreeNow traces its roots back to taxi-hailing apps MyTaxi and Halo. It's now a fully integrated multi-mobility platform, providing access to e-scooters, e-bikes, e-mopeds, and car sharing, including partnerships with Sixt and Dot. FreeNow has more than 54 million users in 16 markets and in over 170 cities, and it has 1,850 employees, including Sylvia Fisher, FreeNow's VP Smart Mobility. Sylvia, tell us a little bit about what you do at FreeNow. Of course. I mean, FreeNow is, I would say, the leading micromobility platform, multimobility, mobility as a service platform in Europe that we currently see. We have our origins in ride hailing. We started uh, in Germany as My Taxi, founded in 2009, and since then really acquired uh, different ride hailing companies across Europe and have rebranded to Free now two years ago and transformed in that time in the last two years into really adding all kinds of micro mobility services, sharing mobility services to be a really full fledged mass platform now. And I think that's really what we need to see, the transformation of mobility right now, to really give access to all forms of mobility, hassle-free, integrated seamless, so that customers can just book uh, and go with whatever mode they need. You said a platform. How far into the service do you go? Do you, are, you, are you talking about the platform that people use on an app, or are you actually providing the vehicles as well? Well, we're an app. And of course, we asked ourselves, shall we go in the direction of ownership or shall we take the collaborative approach? And we chose for the latter. So actually, it's all about bringing the key partners together. I mean, the industry is full. If you see what happened in the last couple of years, there's a rise in micromobility. Sharing mobility offers are being picked up much more. And the streets are full. I mean, actually, we have a problem that there are too many cars on the street and not too little. So obviously, we're not putting additional vehicles, but we give smart ways of combining them, deeply integrating services on our app. So in the end, our customers can connect to our app. They do one registration and then they have seamless booking experience, travel experience and payment experience. They never have to re-sign up and can just use the vehicles that they find at the doorstep. 
And how seamless is it? Are we talking about just vehicles or are you also incorporating public transportation, mass transit into, into the services that the app offers? Well, exactly. I mean, currently we uh, started really expanding in the last year in the private sector. So we added um, over 160k vehicles in the meetums all around e-scooters, e-bikes, e-mopeds, car sharing providers. And we're talking really across Europe now to public transit providers as well, because of course this is a major part of mobility and that should be part of an offer both for our B2C but also for our B2B clients. Yeah, so smart mobility. Can you just explain a little bit what exactly do you understand by smart mobility and how far into that do the, let's say, the restrictions on the types of vehicles that you might offer or the incentives that you might offer for certain uh, propulsion types go? Smart mobility because we need to be smart in making mobility choices. So mobility is really a convenience good, a commodity. Yeah? So we are completely convinced that free now that people do not travel at the sake of traveling but they want to go from A to B they want to go to work they want to meet their people go to the restaurant spend time with their families whatsoever and if they have to go from A to B it should work smoothly they should just uh, not have the pain and hassle of choosing a vehicle and as said I mean we have a full landscape with really incredibly professional providers who have tons of vehicles on the streets but really making that available to the customer not having to use 10 apps but having just one single access point, that is what smart choice is about. And this is, of course, about data and intelligence. It's also about customer experience and uh, having the best deal available. Of course, we are looking into ways how to package that, bundle it up and find the right USP um, to deliver that smart choice to the customers. We started one year ago and I think we are on good track. Uh, yeah, and you have big corporate backing, which obviously puts you in a different place from a small startup that has to enter the market and seek forgiveness rather than uh, seek permission. How, how have you found developing and evolving the, the offering because of that strength that you have behind you? This is a tough one. So I'm not quite sure that it makes such a big difference because our shareholders basically give us a lot of freedom to really act entrepreneurial. Um, of course, they have a strong interest in also changing mobility and positioning themselves with new mobility itself. But in the end, I would not really say that working for uh, like backed by an OEM is so much different from finding venture capital. I think other right-handing companies might even find more funding on that. What is the strong point is certainly the ability that we're a tech company. Yeah? So with our right-handing platform, we have a strong tech team and we're able to experiment and launch and pilot, bring together all kinds of services. And that differentiates us clearly from the small startup who really starts in the garage and has to build up the team first and foremost. From this perspective, I think we're in a good position. You're backed by automakers, which make cars, and you have cars in your service, but there's also uh, a strong emphasis on micromobility, e-scooters, e-bikes. Vehicle manufacturers have dabbled with e-bikes and e-scooters in the past, but they seem to have pulled back a little bit from that. Do you see this way of approaching micromobility as an opportunity for the automakers to be in the game, whilst at the same time a little bit at arm's length? When the e-mobility, like micro-mobility market started to arise um, with our shareholders, we wanted to trial scooter operations and we launched Hive. You might be aware of our um, previously owned scooter brand and we launched it actually in a couple of markets across Europe with uh, quite some teams, quite some efforts. Um, but in the end, we reconsidered our strategy and we minded our strengths. And as I said, we are a tech company, so we think that we can add more benefit to the industry by being a platform a really combining existing service a that puts us in a position of neutrality because i want all the voice and tears and 
Chirinos and Miles and Kultras and whoever our partners may be to thrive and not to feel in competition with our own services. So as a platform, I benefit from being neutral. Additionally, it's really about providing that smart access and focus on your strength. And if that's uh, accessing a marketplace because you have a strong market power, because you're a good tech company, etc., you should not uh, spread too thinly by being an operator, but let the operators do their job. And from this perspective, um, we took our decision to pull out of Hive and instead invest in scaling up the platform, which we did with massive efforts across the last year. You just mentioned a whole load of names that our listeners will be familiar with. How far into your offering does your own branding reach? How important is the Freenow brand and how, how exposed to the Freenow brand will your customers be when they're using the service? I mean, obviously, our brand is extremely important for us, and I think it's the theme. I mean, we are there to be free now. We want to free mobility, and we want to give free access to all different types. They should have the central touch point on our app. But obviously, our partners are extremely important to us, and they're extremely prominent. So if we do launch communications or we do the big campaigns, we carry along our providers, we show the vehicles we need to transport, how accessible the entire landscape of mobility is, and that includes very much our partners, obviously. So it's a very strong uh, collaborative strategic partnership approach where we should uh, work at the common win-win and where we share a common target, because I think there's a lot to do um, to share, to change mobility and to really conquer over a higher percentage of the modal share for shared mobility services. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the movement of people today so far. Um, Obviously, the importance of smart mobility is the movement of people and goods. Is the movement of goods some an area that Freenow is looking at entering? Well, for the moment, we are a mobility super app and we focus on smart mobility moving from A to B. We often get challenged by different players of the industry where we see the synergies, obviously, because vehicles uh, are used to transport, so different layers of the value chain you might envision in future corporations. So I would not exclude anything for now, but for the moment, we're really positioning as a mobility super app, focusing on making smart choices more effective. Um, we've rolled out the portfolio tremendously and we're going to double down on this to really focus on um, conquering more geographies with a better portfolio, adding public transit, adding uh, more selection to the app and yeah, this perspective of expanding. You mentioned the term mobility super app there, which uh, we've talked about on the podcast before. We've also talked about mobility as a service on the podcast, but that's not something that you've mentioned during this conversation. I just wonder if that concept is something that whilst it might be part of what you do and part of what you offer is perhaps one that you're standing back from. <laughs> ah, maybe I missed to do some buzzword dropping here. Okay. So of course it's about mobility as a service. It's about on-demand mobility and the idea of a super app relates to the idea that you have all the potential services at hand and uh, yeah, scoping that and catering really to all the different services uh, that are relevant to the customer is in the focus of what we are doing. And um, yeah, if you look at our scope, 250k vehicles, including the ride-hailing business, including micro-mobility across all the modes across Europe. We are certainly the leading mobility app uh, in that space. One of the big talking points when we're talking about the next generation mobility is autonomous driving. A whole host of terms used for it, self-driving, driverless, autonomous driving, automated vehicles. What's Freenow's position on autonomous driving? I mean, obviously, you rely on people using vehicles, so people are at the heart of what you do. Where would autonomous fit into that? 
well, I think autonomous fits in the development of the available services. I mean, as, as soon as we have marketable autonomous services, I see a place on our platform, be that on like the autonomous taxis that were launched already in, uh, in Munich last year, be that uh, in regards to air taxis and uh, any kind of uh, automated drone services in the future, for sure I see a future. In my opinion, the future of mobility is really seamless, connected, it's green, and certainly autonomous, and it certainly takes place on platforms. You mentioned air taxis. Is that an area that you could see free now being part of? Is that something that you're already exploring? <laughs> I mean, as soon as the, the air taxis will make it to urban transportation networks and be accessible, I want to see them on the platform, absolutely. Air taxis are some time away. If we look nearer term, what do you think are the next key steps that are important for the evolution of urban mobility? You mean in terms of vehicle evolution, or you mean what, what, what do you have in mind? Talk, talk about the, the vehicles and the business models. Business models, I really see that we will see much more investments in bundlings and subscriptions to really deliver smart choices to our customers, to lock them into flexible on-demand solutions. I think it will go away from a transaction-based pricing, but more to, um, yeah, you pay for the availability of the service and you pay for the flexibility at hand. I think that will be a strong trend. In terms of vehicles, I see a lot of innovation popping up. So I'm pretty sure that we will see new form factors, new two-wheeler types, uh, obviously electrified and green in terms of energy consumption, but uh, like uh, more adapt to different uh, behaviors. And I also see that uh, there might be more pot forms of transportation, four-wheelers, yeah? uh, one or two-person vehicles, but with a shelter, yeah? with a roof covered, etc. And there are a couple of partners already experiment with that. I'm pretty sure that we are not at the end of the development there. It's been great talking to you, Sylvia. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Ride, the urban mobility podcast, is brought to you by Covetic and Pay by Phone. Learn more about Ride podcast partners at www.covetic.com and www.paybyphone.co.uk. This episode of Ride was recorded and produced by Martin Strong. Natalie Webster provided marketing support and Thomas Novak provided expert insight and project management was led by Segal M. Buter. If you like our podcast, please rate it. A five-star rating will help us reach more listeners. For episode notes, to find more information about Ride or to sign up for updates, visit www.ridemobilitypodcast.com.